Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Business of Design. I'm Kimberly Selden, your host. I'm an interior design professional, and in fact, I'm exhausted. I've had a crazy busy month of installations with clients and that makes the conversation today really timely for me. We are going to talk to an amazing Business of Design member, Kirsten McCoy. She is going to bravely and candidly share some of the mistakes she's made in the past. Why would we do that? Why would we want to talk about mistakes? Well, for one thing, when I started out, I was positive I was the only one making mistakes, and I have made and continue to make some real doozies. Um, So I think it's helpful to know that no matter what the mistake is, you're going to survive, it's going to be okay, and you're not alone. Um, There's that. Kirsten has a lot of wisdom that she's going to share. So she goes immediately now at this stage in her career from having made the mistake to figuring out how to solve the problem and equally important, figuring out how never to make the same mistake again. So really, if that's the thing you leave this episode with, that's an amazing gift. How to use every single mistake you make or someone on your team makes or a supplier makes or a trade makes, how to use that information to improve your effectiveness and your efficiency and your systems. I don't know if this falls under the category of mistake, but as usual, I'm going to use you guys as my therapist. Um, This last month has been insane. We specified a new quartz product for a client just gorgeous stuff. She's got about 18 linear feet of kitchen, so it's a, it's quite a massive kitchen, and an island that is 11 feet long and three feet deep. So we're talking about a substantial amount of stone. We are a month away from the client reveal, and everything is going according to plan. The cabinets are in. Actually, we gutted the whole house. We moved exterior walls. The home is completely transformed, and we're feeling pretty smug, actually, like, wow, we're pretty awesome. It's about a month to go, as I say, and the countertop is supposed to be delivered on a Thursday, and we get a call from the job site that the countertop broke. When they were bringing it in, the countertop for the island specifically broke. Everything else is in, all the other counters are in, but the island broke. Oh, well, I could see how that could happen, right? It's a huge slab. Okay, so back to the drawing board. I I say to the fabricator, how long until we can get a new one? And he says, well, we'll we'll order another slab. It might take up to two weeks and we will get it installed. I'm still feeling pretty good because as I say, at this point, it's about a month out. So two weeks, I'm not loving it, but I can live with it. So you probably already know what happens. The next slab breaks and the next slab breaks, and the next slab breaks. So now we've gone through four slabs. We are 10 days away from the clients walking through the front door, which is going to happen in about three days' time. And I feel like I'm going to have a stroke. So at this point, I have to confess to the client that it's possible when we do the reveal, her island will not be ready. 
And the client lays on me a bomb. She is the most wonderful client, super reasonable, but she says the following thing. If she can't have this material for the island, because I express some concern that it's broken four slabs, uh, that perhaps we should reselect with a different quartz. If she can't have the exact same thing on the island as the rest of the cabinet, she's not going to be happy. So if we have to switch the island, she wants to switch the 18 linear feet of countertop as well. Now, I know that she deserves to do that if that's what she wants and that will make her happy. And I'm fully committed to making her happy. As I said, she's wonderful. But nonetheless, I am just devastated to imagine ripping out the existing countertops that have been installed, the damage that might do to the existing cabinetry and floors that have been completely redone, etc., And at this point, we're positive this is not going to be corrected before the installation date. And I have to let the client know that. And she is so disappointed. Isn't that the worst? Like, honestly, sometimes I think it's better if they just go crazy and yell and scream at you. You can sort of just, you know, get your back up and say, well, you know, this is life, deal. Um, But that isn't what happened. She's like, oh my gosh, I know you've done everything you can. I'm just so disappointed, which kills me. Anyway, there's a happy ending to this story. I love my fabricator and I've got a case of his favorite beer in my car as we speak. He gave it one more try and it worked and he surprised me and installed it on Friday. I stood in her kitchen. I literally cried. I was so happy. And we've decided not to tell the client it's done so we can surprise her when she walks through the door on Wednesday. (sighs) Now, did I make a mistake? You know, the thing is, it's worked out this time, but if it hadn't worked out, I definitely know I would have said the minute it broke, For the second time, I should have switched to a new material. I should have licked my wounds and moved on and switched to a new material. But this time it worked out. That's okay. Many, many more mistakes I have made on this project and others for sure. But this time you're going to hear from someone else who is bravely sharing her own mistakes. Let me tell you about Kirsten. Kirsten, along with her partner, Laura Buckner, is an award-winning designer They are principal partners of Meadowbank Designs. The firm was founded in 1982, and Laura and Kirsten worked under the direction of the owner who launched the company until they purchased the company in 2005. They have a reputation for redefining traditional residential interiors, utilizing their extensive knowledge of historic architecture and construction systems to craft personal colorfully layered high-tech solutions for each client. They aim for modern, traditional interiors, and I bet a lot of us can relate to that. And they are committed to the highest quality of design excellence and personal service. You're going to hear Kirsten discuss the fact that she's got a background in psychology and her partner, Laura, has a background in business. I think this is an amazing winning combination for success, for sure. Meadowbank Designs is located in Wayne, Pennsylvania. 
and they tackled projects in Philadelphia and the Pocono Mountains and the New Jersey Shore area. And they've even worked, of course, in Florida and California. So very successful. And still, they're going to cop to some mistakes. Kirsten's going to cop to some mistakes on behalf of the company. So hopefully, if you're listening and you're having a tough month because of installation challenges or you just made the biggest mistake of your life, please know you're not alone. You're going to get through it. Let's put the focus on figuring out how we could prevent mistakes from happening going forward. I'm glad you're here. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, there was so much to talk about when it came to mistakes that we've had to split this topic into two parts. So this is part one of mistakes. Have you ever made a mistake, Cheryl? Uh, not that I'll admit to. <laughs> of course I have. Yeah. Of course I have. Everyone does. And you know what? Our members were so great to step up and, and share their experiences. Um, they do it all the time in the Facebook group and a couple of volunteers to actually be on the on the podcast with you, with, which is amazing. I can't wait to hear it. Super brave, right? What is coming up for Business of Design? Well, we finally have our firm uh, dates and details for Australia. We've been talking about this for months now. So uh, if you go to businessofdesign.com, you can finally find out the details for that. So Kimberly, Business of Design will be in Australia on um, March 22nd and 23rd, 2019. Um, There'll be a a larger seminar and then um, a more intimate private workshops with Kimberly uh, on the 23rd. So check out our... um, our website for full details on that. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that when I get inquiries about you coming to Australia all the time. So we've got so many members there. Okay. So the actual event that we have scheduled right now is in Melbourne. Um, and yes. I know Australia is huge. So uh, if you're in Sydney and you want to do something in Sydney, let us know. We'll try to work that out at the same time. And I'm definitely going to take some vacation time while I'm there. I, I can't believe I'm so excited to to go. So this will be fun. Yeah. So again, uh, the dates are coming up March 22nd and 23rd, 2019. So details are on the website. Check it out. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Take care. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. And now, back to the show. Kirsten, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. I appreciate it. Hi, Kimberly. My pleasure. It's so funny. I always had in my mind that if I had a business partner, a true business partner, I wouldn't have made the various mistakes that I've made. Uh, And you have a partner. Uh, You and Laura have been partners in the firm for how long? 
Uh, for 13 years. Okay. So for anybody like me who thinks that just by virtue of having a business partner, all mistakes will end <laughs> and life will be perfect, Kirsten's <laughs> going to burst that bubble. Nope. <laughs> no, it is not perfect. It's probably a situation of divide and conquer where you each make separate mistakes and therefore have twice as many mistakes to deal with. I don't know. Yes, we bounce the uh, bounce off of each other. The oh no, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> that is helpful because at least you don't feel like you're alone when a big mistake happens. That that Absolutely. I must say is helpful. I was kind of intrigued by the fact that you have a psychology and a business degree. Does that come in handy both with clients and dealing with a business partner? Yes, and you don't appreciate it until much later where, you know, Laura has the business degree and she's very financially minded and um, very thoughtful on that end. And I'm more of the people-y psychology side of things, really getting inside somebody's head and, and truly helping them with their perfect environment. And, you know, yes, together we still can, uh, you know, make mistakes and, and um we need our systems in place. That's what you say. That's, that's what saves us. Wow. That sounds like a kind of a perfect setup where one of you has the um, communication client feely side and the other one has the business side. And I think probably the majority of us listening are thinking we've got the client feely side and we're kind of skipped the business line <laughs> completely. Right. 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 And I've had to do a lot of learning on my own too, uh, just because it's, it's up to all of us individually to, to learn that stuff. Okay. So we're going to start off by saying that this whole conversation came about because of a previous episode I did and a course I have at Business of Design called Mistakes Happen. Um, <laughs> and in the course, I talk about how we handle mistakes with clients and the fact that they always occur, for sure. And um, I also talk about the fact that sometimes we bill clients for the time it takes to correct a mistake. So all of that happens within the course, but we did a podcast on it, and it resonated with a whole bunch of people, including you and Laura. Um, another member, Roxana, Roxana is going to also share some of her mistakes. And you came forward with five or six uh, whoppers. <laughs> I'll just call them whoppers. Uh, I could fill the room with the mistakes that I've made. So uh, you are definitely not alone. But the point of this is not so much to beat you up after the fact, but really to hear how you handled it. And for those listening to understand that you are going to make mistakes and it will not be the end of the world, right? So that's the message. That's it. That is it. Yep. Now Our, we, we love helping other designers. So this is the whole whole point. <laughs> and sometimes just talking about it out loud, um, you can recognize perhaps where the gap was that allowed the mistake to happen anyway. And you want to fill that gap so the mistake can't happen again, right? Absolutely. Well, we all know hindsight is twenty twenty. Right, right. Okay, so which which one do you want to start with? <laughs> I'm looking at the list Jeez. here. Do we, do we go small to large, smaller to larger, large to not so bad? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't we just wow them right off the top? Which one would you say was the, the one that came closest yeah, the, to giving you a heart attack? The the $45,000 mistake or 35, I forget what it was there now. It was go. so long ago. Let's, let's do the, let's go with the 45,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I'll put in place here is that because we had 
We had a solid business, which is great. We did not have Kimberly Selden back then. We didn't have, um, we had processes that weren't quite documented, you could say, or um, still kind of winging it, uh, you know, processes in our world, but not, <laughs> not on paper. Um, and so we, but we had a solid business, which is what really saved us in the end uh, from sort of solving this problem. But the big thing was we put this very uh, custom stark carpet runner, curved staircase, lovely grand staircase. You know, it's not just a, <laughs> an easy straight run. Um, and it was uh, probably about $40,000, $45,000 at the time. And it went in and the uh, client, it was a husband and a wife. The wife said, this isn't the carpet I wanted. I wanted the big medallions. These are the small medallions or whatever it was. And well, we just freaked out. I mean, she lit into us. Um, it, there was some other issues going on in the marriage at the time. It was not a lot of um, buy-in uh, on both sides. It was, um, again, learned our lesson there, but uh, we were freaking out. She said, I, this is not it. You need to replace it. I mean, we were devastated. Um, I looked at my notes. Uh, the notes weren't great. I really didn't have a lot uh, to stand on. Um, the biggest thing when I went back to Laura in tears saying, this is what happened. I know I ordered the right one, but she's saying it isn't. Um, what are we going to do? I mean, we, we just were freaking out. This was so much money um, that uh, Laura said, well, these are one of our best clients. They know almost all of our other best clients. They know a lot of people in this area. This is not somebody you want to make unhappy. We need to fix it. Um, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. And thankfully, we had a wonderful relationship with our guy at Stark who really took pity on us and said, I'm going to give this to you at my cost. I'm going to help you guys out. We're going to get this right. Um, so we ended up paying probably about uh, let's say $15,000 in the end. But um, when I say we had a solid business is that we managed our money appropriately so that we were making enough that we were able to cover this. It was a really harsh lesson to learn. But ever since we have documented things completely differently, having, you know, husband and wives sign off on it. I mean, you name it, this, this will never happen again. And that goes down to even custom anything. Uh, we just, couldn't believe that something like this could happen, but it did. Right. Okay. So, so many questions I have. So first of all, when you presented this carpet to the clients, did you present it to them a photograph? Was it a live sample? How did that go? Live sample to just the husband because the husband um, loved doing that kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure everybody, every once in a while, like one spouse is more involved and he was the one. Okay. And so, that was a big mistake. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mistake number one. <laughs> mistake, maybe mistake number one, maybe mistake number 37. Who knows, right? But right, the right. truth is we are so particular about how we do that presentation. Both clients have to be at the presentation. And not only do we show sometimes physical samples, but we typically will have a photograph in the presentation of the sample we selected. So we'd be able to go back and say, here's the visual representation of what you agreed to and what you gave us a deposit check for. Yep. So that yep. so that will solve that. But what do you do in the event you've done everything correctly and the client still insists it just isn't what he or she wants? And in your case, they were an important connected member of the 
community you work within. So you still could find yourself in a situation. I don't I don't think it's very likely, but you could find yourself in a situation where the client just says, no, that is just no, not what I was right. thinking. I know you showed me a picture. I mean, right. I know you showed me a picture, but but I don't like it. And what are we going to do? And you already kind of tapped into one of the most important things, which is it sounds like you have good relationships with your suppliers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we're we were so lucky for that. But we this was a long time ago. We've come a, a long ways, um, but it was too loosey goosey. I mean, we have good relationships even with our clients. We were very fortunate to have this client had a long standing relationship with them. Like I said, there were other things at play in the marriage at that time that um, we didn't encounter uh, on earlier um, projects with them. Uh, it just was not a good time, and we really took the brunt of that. It was. Um, Oh, so many lessons to learn <laughs> from that. <laughs> okay, so bottom line, make sure you're all you've always got documentation showing what you've presented to the clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if they don't like it, then it's a conversation, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. custom items in our contract are non-refundable, non-returnable. But what Correct. would I do if it were my very best client of all time? I would definitely go to my supplier and say, can you help us out? They want to make a change. How can we make this work for yeah. them and for us? Um, but my other question is, when was this installed? Was it installed as part of a turnkey service or was it an independently yes. installed? No, it was it was part of turnkey. Um, we, like I said, we'd had a long relationship with them. Uh, you know, they trusted us. They were very, we had keys to their house. I mean, they were great clients and... Um, uh, you know, it was just going to happen. No, here, here you go. Just have it installed. Do it. Right. And the um, husband so again, didn't, and didn't was, own up to having selected the small. Oh, no, he was heading for the hills. I mean, it was I think he was probably <laughs> hiding behind us at that point <laughs> from his lovely spouse. I so, wonder um, if offside you could have said to him, hey, Joe. About that. <laughs> right, right. So I, you know, I, oh, it was just a really bad situation where wow. it, nobody, ever, nobody would take accountability. It, it fell to us. Um, and we really thought we had, you know, kind of overnight, we got this really horrible phone call with the wife kind of screaming and um, almost like not even remembering, you know, what, what is this? What is this? This is not even, you know, had no recollection almost. And, um, so we took overnight to really think about, okay, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here? What, how are we going to handle this? Um, you know, good and bad. Do, do we hold firm? Do we risk losing this person? Do we, you know, send her our notes, you know, whatever. It, it was just a really, really rough situation to be in. And we, we just started, like I said, calling on our, our uh, vendors and, and thankfully we had run our business to the point where we had capital to suck this up. It was going to be a loss. And I know it's a lot of money to many, many firms. And it is, it was a lot of money. It's just, we had, we were thankful that we had that position to be in where we could do this. Um, but it was a really difficult lesson to learn. Imagine a different scenario where you didn't have money in the bank, which is why I'm always, I know I harp on this, but you have got to charge fees, Mm -hmm. which allow you to have retained earnings. So when something like this happens, yes, it's painful, but it's not end of days painful. It's not go to the bank and borrow money to pay your, for your mistake. Um, 
Yeah, this is a really good illustration of how this is not a hobby. This is really not something you want to dabble in. You want to be serious if you're in this career. So, so lessons learned there. Interesting. Big, big high stakes. Um, What would you say is another mistake that will forever be emblazoned on your mind? Um, well, (laughs) so much of it goes to this trust. I think you've addressed this before on other uh, podcasts and and classes and things where your clients trust you so much or they're paying you a lot of money that I think we can all let down our guard, um, that they're just so wonderful and you're almost friends and, um, they, they love everything you do and, oh, it'll be fine. And, um, you know, what you know best. And, and that's not true when it comes down, when the, you know, the, the rubber meets the road, that's not always true. You know, oh, you know best and you know what I like. That's my favorite. You know what I like. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And we had, well, I'm trying to pick between two right now. One of them was recent. It was um, like a dining banquet that went in. The list was, you know, cleanable, durable. It looked super cool. You know, we had a picture of something like it and she loved it. And this is going to be so cool. And I just want it, you know, cleanable. That's a big thing. The kids are going to hang out there. Great. So we do that. And on site with the installer, um, we agree. And the client wasn't here, mind you. She, I described this to her. Again, this was not, you know, we signed off on a sketch, but not some of the other details like the seat and it was something as simple as the seat sliding out like a like a cushion to clean versus a hard upholstered um seat you know attached to the space like a restaurant or something like that so, so did you design it so it was attached but she wanted it to be removable is that no no her her it was just cleanable uh not gonna care the kids are gonna be there whatever you think is best so i said well cleanable we said we remove the seat. She can get behind it, you know, the crumbs, all of that. This is going to be great. Fine. Perfect. No big deal. Well, to her, it was a big deal in the end. She said, oh, that sounds great. Uh, we install it. She thought it looked terrible. And then we had to rebuild this whole base just to fit in this seat, um, to have it attached. Well, I want it like a restaurant. Well, guess who didn't get it uh, in writing? It was just, you know, the option one, two, three, four, five. This is all sounding great, but it wasn't signed off on. I mean, it was just. So again, does this go back to the presentation? Did you have a a thorough set of drawings? No, this goes back to how we used to, (laughs) before business of design, how we did, uh, how we did things differently. Just, um, this client was very, um, she almost liked doing her own contracting, you know, just, I was almost like a design friend, like run, run away. Right. Oh, oh, (laughs) so live and learn. So live and learn. Um, where, you know, oh, I'll take care of that or I'll do that. But then this one part was like, you know what? I don't really know how to do a banquet. Can you guys handle that? So again, how we do things now with all of our systems and, um, processes, and this is our steps, um, that never would have gone through today. It would have been signed off on it wouldn't we wouldn't have been rushed we wouldn't have been like oh okay you'll you'll call that guy and set that up great I mean it just 
you know, such a nightmare and over something as silly as a cleanable seat um, that we had to rebuild from the base up. And so we, we agreed to split the cost. She was, you know, somewhat nice about it, but I could not throw back in her face the fact that she said, well, you said do what you want. Um, you can't say that to her. Right. None of that is really very helpful when the rubber hits the road, as you say, because I hear people say yeah. that all the time, but, the, but you said, but you said, well, that is not going to be helpful in that situation. Right. Um, okay. So lessons, lessons learned. Um, <laughs> and I think you really hit on something important here. We can be lulled into a false sense of best friendness Huge, with clients yeah. who are quote easy and mm-hmm. it gets so comfortable that we can relax the rules and the procedures we know are good for us. It's really important to remember, no matter how much you like them, no, I don't care if they invited you to their daughter's wedding, you still are someone who works for that person. They are your boss and you always want to maintain those professional standards. Yeah, that's such a huge thing I think I wanted to communicate because um, I think we all get into that and we're designers and, and we're, you know, that happens so easily. We don't like to have those hard conversations that we all have to get better about doing that. That's what we've learned. And you just sort of rip that Band-Aid off. You just do it and the client's usually fine with it, but you you must protect yourself. And uh, there's a nice way of saying that to your client to say, you know, I know before we did this, but now I have to do it this way. I hope you understand. And, and it's usually not a big deal. Right. And even if you're a solopreneur who, and you work all by yourself, I still think it's important to use the we language. Our mm-hmm. policy is the following. Right. We right. have to do things this way because you're really not alone. Even if you're alone, there, you're, there are suppliers, there are trades who are depending on you to, good, to do good work and get paid mm-hmm. and get repeat customers. Mm-hmm. So you're not alone, even sometimes when you think you're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a client that I just love. I think this is our third project for her. She is so, she's the epitome of easygoing. And suddenly while I was in Barcelona last week, she said, could you send me the backup documentation for a particular bill? It was completely out of the blue. Mm-hmm. I don't know what precipitated it. Um, but I was so grateful because I do know 15 years ago that would have sent me spiraling into a terrified um, trip to the business center trying to figure out what the backup elements of the bill were, et cetera. And now we were able to just, with a couple of clicks of a couple of buttons, say, here it is. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm away in Barcelona, but let me know if there's a question. And she writes back, no, that's, I thought that's what it was. I just couldn't remember. Right. It's usually so mm-hmm. minor, uh, but we just tend to blow it up in our heads. And, um, it, oh, it happens all the time. And I always tell fellow designers, even, you know, texts and emails, we tend to elevate that, you know, when it's in black and white, <gasps> they're yelling, they're upset when really they're not at all. Or if you know them in any way, you can kind of picture their voice. It's, it's, that's what we read into it automatically. Yeah. And then we, and then we get heightened and we match the level of anxiety we think is there. And so we bring (laughs) that heightened anxiety and then the client matches our level of anxiety and the whole thing gets ramped up. I try to remember now to just take a deep breath and remind myself, this is not someone's health. 
Right. This is not a life-saving procedure, no matter how right. expensive or challenging it is. A $45,000 yeah. carpet is certainly falls right. under the category right. of challenging. Take a deep breath and know that everything will be okay. Like just set uh-huh. that expectation that we're going to work this out for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. What would mm-hmm. you say are, um, have you ever made a mistake that was like so basic, so junior designer, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did this. Oh, definitely. Um, oh gosh. Like, uh, a couple years ago we had something, um, with a sofa that was it, around here. We have a lot of old homes and historic homes. And one of the big things is measuring doorways. And it's just sort of, you know, like you in a city, you measure the elevator, you do all those kinds of things that, you know, just part of your checklist or so you think. Um, and we measured, we even measured the turn of the stair up the stairs where the sofa was going to go. Um, just this, <laughs> the most bizarre things we, we measured what we thought were all the doorways to our, our destination. They're all the same. Well, guess what door was not the same? The one that the actual of the room that this was going to go in, there was this funny little addition, like this one room over a garage or something. That door was not the same as all the other doors. Wow. And we sort of made this weird assumption, like, oh, we have plenty of space. This is all going to be fine. This door was short by like two inches or something or an inch. And that stupid sofa would not get through the door. I mean, it was just, we could not even believe it. Oh my gosh. What did you do? We called again, vendor relations. We, we really like to preserve that. And they're like friends. We really treat them as our friends. Um, you know, how can we help you? How can, you know, if we ever need to call on them, we, (laughs) another panicked phone call, they sent someone, our warehouse, our receiving warehouse is really fabulous in this area. They have, you know, jack of all trades on staff. So they sent someone over to basically take apart this frame, um, in the, whatever the foyer and get it into this room and sort of put it back together inside the room. I mean, it was almost seamless to the client. They just thought we were doing something, but I mean, it was such a rookie mistake. Like how could this have even happened in the actual room that it's going in? I mean, just, yeah. So it was just, just off enough. They could not get this through the door, but it was so stupid. Everybody's laughing because we've all done it. We've all done that very thing that we've learned in Mm -hmm. design school 101. Make sure you don't do the following thing. And then we've gone and done it. So I think that's amazing. So they actually took the door frame off. We've been in a situation where we- No, they took the sofa. Oh, they, they didn't the take the, they, it's like they oh. it's like they accordion the sofa frame and oh. put it in and then set the sofa up. I was like, wow. Okay. Well, that's a good reason though you don't want clients around when you're doing the installation because they don't need to see that. They don't need to see you Absolutely. make the phone call. They don't need to see you sweat. They don't need to see you go into the bathroom and burst into tears because you just can't take one more thing going yeah. wrong during no, the they, they literally took apart the frame and sort of, you know, accordioned it to get through the door. It Incredible. Was, it was wow. Silly. Okay. Ugh. So, all right. So lesson learned. Now you have to do all your measuring, even when it's easy. And the thing that I've run into a couple of times is it's just like, it's a repeat client. They're only going to be doing their office. It's a tiny little mm-hmm. job. So mm-hmm. I don't do a proper consultation. I don't do a proper trade day. I don't do this. Right. And I don't do that. And before you know it, I've made a junior mistake because I'm not following the procedure. So yeah. whether it's, you know, one bedroom or the whole house, you've just got to follow the rules every single single time. 
this is a huge, yes, I just can't stress it enough. We all get lazy. We all get comfortable. And, oh, I, I'm sure I remember what that room looks like. Oh, yeah, I've been there plenty of times. I don't need to go back again. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being so candid and sharing these mistakes. And we all can relate. That's for sure. I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that you guys don't get most things right. So is there something that comes to mind Uh that you could share a success story, a moment where you thought of something and you're just so grateful you thought of it in advance or a, a challenge you were able to put off and avert? Yeah. I mean, now we've even had things, you know, we talked about some big ones. We've had, you know, laundry rooms where we just didn't even think to suggest, you know, heated tile or stuff like that. The biggest thing that has come out of this is our checklist system. Um, We have, you know, checklists that we're always adding to. There's always something. Everybody's always learning from mistakes or their friends' mistakes or whatever, yours, (laughs) your podcast mistakes. Um, We're always adding to our checklist. The checklists are huge because as comfortable as you get, you can always go back to that. Um, I mentioned to you, I think I wrote to Cheryl about this laundry room with this tile and they had two dogs that they want to put in there and nobody even thought to put in heated tile uh, because it was just a laundry room and now we always ask whenever there's tile or flooring of any kind do you want it heated let's think about this what are you going to be doing in that room I mean little things like that they could just make such a big difference to the client and the clients are thrilled when you bring that up and say oh my gosh that's a great idea I never thought of that so it's it's huge thing now with our checklists. You are so right about checklists. I love them and they are never written in stone. They are always fluid. We're always adding to them. I have to go back and look and see if we've added um, heated flooring to our tile checklist, but better. Like that's, of course, that's an amazing (laughs) one to ask because to go back after the fact and do it is very, very expensive. And quite honestly, clients are paying us to think of those things in advance. So that's a really good one. Um, And I know you have some experience before using business of design 15 steps and after. Is there something you would say that stands out that really has been a game changer for you? Well, your your contract has really helped us, you know, setting up the contract. Uh, the trade day has made a big difference. It might be trade two days sometimes, but um, just uh, to get that stuff in the beginning. And like you said, it looks very professional to the client. Um, we take a lot of things for granted, especially if you've maybe an established business, um, uh, you know, that the clients won't care. They think you're great or something like that. That's not true. I mean, there's things you can do to to really show up in a professional manner that make a huge difference in the eyes of the client. It it helps with the fees that you're charging, um, contributing to all of that. Um, What else has been such a big thing? Um, Oh gosh. I mean, just the, just having it laid out the way you've laid out has just helped us focus our efforts, make doing everything step by step, uh, presenting that those steps to the clients. I mean, how we present ourselves is so much, it's, it's different today. It just really solidifies our reputation in the area. It's, it's just a really nice feeling for people to say, wow, I didn't realize everything that you do or the value that you're bringing. Um, it's just been a, a huge deal for us. Well, we're so happy to have you guys as Business of Design members and look at um, Meadowbank Designs is obviously doing some things right because not only do you have all these amazing projects near you in Philadelphia, but you're also doing projects in the Pocono Mountains, which sounds very romantic to me. I don't know that I've ever been to the Poconos, but it has that kind of romantic 
quality about it, but you're also even doing projects in New England and Florida and California. So it's possible once you have all these systems in place to really spread your wings and soar and be the firm that you thought you'd never be able to attain, right? Yes, we're definitely working in that direction. Thanks to you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Thank the, I'm so glad you're there. And obviously, there's a lot of talent and everybody should check out the website, meadowbankdesigns.com. Please do. As you know, Kirsten, we like to end every show with design intervention. Uh, and it doesn't have to be related to what we're talking about today at all. So what comes to mind um, as something that you would encourage your fellow design community to give serious thought to in the days ahead? Raising your rates. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yay! Why? Tell Tell us how that's worked for you in the past. Just this morning, I had a conversation with a designer friend who I gave her the slap down that you've got to raise your rates and she couldn't believe it. You know, she thought, really, I didn't realize you guys were charging that. She has to. I mean, it's just, you have helped us verbalize our value to clients. That's just been so invaluable to really get that that speech down for clients, um, knowing your worth, um, why you, really what you do. We have to get that information out of our heads and communicate that to potential clients and to our existing clients, what we really do. Cause nobody really knows. It's just every, every step of the way, like how we're bringing value. Um, you're, you're worth it. And I think we all, even in our little community here, we have to get our, our, the way we're doing business to be similar, to be, you know, different and better and um, sort of be apples to apples, not just somebody who has a pretty Instagram account. Um, you know, we, we have to really work hard to communicate that. I love that you're paying it forward. That's really generous of you. And that gives me hope for the industry for sure. And I have a, a horrifying confession to make. I have never been to Philadelphia. Oh, well, you should come. I think that's terrible. I'll show you around. <laughs> that's terrible. I, I want to go. I hear wonderful things about it. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe sometime this fall I need you to. Can, you can hit up New there. York and D.C. and we're right in between. Well, I yeah, I, I've been to both of those places, but why not Philadelphia? I need to see the Liberty Bell. Um, oh, there's so much more than that, too. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I'm putting it out there. I always do. I'm putting it out there to the universe that I'm coming to Philadelphia in 2018. Yes. So we'll figure out how to make that happen. But thank Good. you so much for giving us your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Kimberly. My pleasure. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.